Welcome to the Styano Plastic Surgery Podcast with plastic surgeon JJ Styano, the only plastic surgeon in the UK who owns a clinic specializing in breast and body contouring. We're live on Facebook. Good evening, Facebook. Um, I'm doing it. I'm doing it on um, done. Ooh, I'm doing it on Instagram too. Um, did that work? Anyway, I'm going to go live on Instagram. Uh, good evening. Uh, it is uh, that time of the night again. And I'm now live on Instagram and I'm going to start. Uh, this is all working. Every reason to believe it's all working. I'm going to start because um, I just got a message. I'm looking in the background. That's not a good background, is it? Let's sort out the background. Come on. Come on. Let's get this done. Let's get this sorted. That's how I shot his mitt there. Right. Um, got a great background. My phone over there, which isn't actually plugged in because the plug doesn't work. Who do you get to sort out a phone plug? You know the 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 main one were anyway. Not the point of the not the point of the call. What I'm going to talk about first is uh, just had someone message me on Instagram uh, uh, saying um, that uh, evening, Corinne. Good to see you. Nice to see his angle. All right, um, uh, Sophie in the house on Facebook. Yes, I am supposed to be also live on. Um, youtube so that is the sort of reach i've got on youtube facebook and um instagram live but i think that youtube doesn't work and the reason that youtube doesn't work is because i think i've got a strike i've got a strike on youtube don't think i've had a strike on youtube before i've definitely been banned from facebook before but i don't think i've had a strike on youtube before and i think i've got a strike on youtube because of a video which was just like images of before and after of a uh, breast lift, I think it was. And it had the little flowers over the nipples. So I'm not sure why I got a strike. Um, and I think if you've got a strike, you can't go live. So can't go live on YouTube. I think that's what, I assume that's what's happened. Anyway, um, hey-ho. Yes, so Instagram. Someone's just messaged me on Instagram saying, I've heard that you're operating in Liverpool, and yet I found you on the Priory website. Now, the Priory is the hospital literally down the road from my clinic in Edgbaston, and uh, it is probably the main hospital I used to work at. Um, and yes, you're absolutely right, and that sounds a bit weird, doesn't it, especially if you live in Birmingham. If you live in Birmingham and, and you, you get, get in touch and we say that we're operating in Liverpool and you... Um, say what about the priory because i see that you you know i'm probably on the priory website and stuff like that um well the reason is i haven't been to the priory since before march uh what you, you know whatever year that lockdown thing happened when was that that was 2020 was it, it wasn't 21 was it we all locked down 2020 was it yeah anyway the, the, the covid remember that I know we're still in it, but when it all started, so two years, basically, yeah, 
pretty much to the day, isn't it? 15th of probably is to the day. So I haven't been to the Priory for two years to the day because the Priory is doing, in fact, all the private hostels in the in the area are doing NHS work. They're doing a lot of the waiting list NHS work because the NHS waiting list is crazy. And um, so they are not, uh, certainly not prioritizing cosmetic surgery. <clears throat> and the Priory, which is the one which is very convenient for my clinic, has actually said, they're not doing any cosmetic, not question of not prioritizing it, they just are not doing it. So yes, I am on the uh, books for the Priory. And yes, I've got privileges at the Priory. And it is, but uh, it is nigh on impossible to do any surgery at the Priory, at least any cosmetic surgery at the Priory, because they are doing NHS waiting lists, um, and prioritizing other types of surgery rather than um, cosmetic surgery. So that is why I am finding myself in Liverpool. The patient said I'd rather be operating in Birmingham. I would rather operate in Birmingham, but I haven't got a huge amount of choice. This time last year, the hospitals were all saying, oh, it's going to come back. It's going to come back. We're now a year later, and it's not really showing any great signs of coming back in any great numbers in terms of the operating capacity in the private hospitals in uh, Birmingham locally so um, and it's actually not too bad going into Liverpool so I um, that's what I'm doing I'm going to Liverpool uh, quite a lot to operate um, and they're very nice up there and as I say I haven't got a huge amount of choice um, and to be honest with you I feel actually quite grateful that, that that it exists the place in Liverpool because if it didn't and I was relying on the local hospitals I think I would be in uh, in in trouble in terms of my waiting list um, because it was getting a bit bad you know a year ago and I have managed to do um, quite a lot of cases up there so um, yep um, and it's sort of on the outskirts of Liverpool it's Whiston I used to work in Whiston Sent by a friend of mine who also works in Whiston. Um, so it's not too bad. It's about an hour 45 for me. I'm a bit south of Birmingham. But anyway, that's that one. So, yeah, looks a bit weird. If uh, and, and it is a bit weird for me because I always say to people, go close to home. Don't travel. You know, don't be like, oh, you know, get, if you can get it close to home, do. And then look at me. I'm not practicing what I preach, am I? I'm telling people to go to Liverpool. So... I suppose you've got to be careful what <laughs> the messages you give out. Well, I mean, I think that is still a true message. Certainly, if you come from Canada, I would have it done in Canada. But um, yeah, I'm making people travel. Although hopefully it's not too bad. But yeah, what we got? What we got? Uh, I'll tell you what we got. Evening, some uh, um, sleep by Dr. Ergin Aslan has saying evening. Good evening. That's a good name by Dr. Ergin Aslan. Yeah. Um, Oh, hold on a minute. Michelle's got something to say. Where do in Liverpool do you operate from? If someone wants to contact you regarding something up, um, Michelle, that's the other thing. So the uh, surgery is done in. Well, I've got privileges in a few hospitals. Most of the work's been doing done in Liverpool at the moment because of access to local hospitals. But in terms of where you want to contact me, my um, clinic is in Edgebaston in Birmingham. So, and if you do have surgery wherever you have surgery in in Liverpool or, or wherever. The uh, appointments are all done in in uh, Edgebaston. So your uh, preoperative, uh, if you want to come and see me, it will be in Edgebaston. Um, and uh, dressing clinics, sort of after surgery and, and follow up, would all be in Edgebaston. So uh, call me, Michelle, 01214543680. Email me, 
info at styanoplasticsurgery.co.uk or just message me on Facebook if you want. You do private message and things. But um, yeah, the the, 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 the the nerve center of the operation, Michelle, is in Edgebaston in Birmingham. And so I see people there and then I can, then I operate. I, I, so I've always seen people there. That's always, that, that's always where I've done all my clinics for some years now. I've, I've been doing all my clinics there. I don't do clinics at the hospitals anymore. So all my clinics are there, but I operate at the hospitals. And as I say, it used to be the Priory and the Parkway and, and what have you which are hospitals around Birmingham, but it is getting difficult to get into those hospitals. So I'm doing them up in Liverpool, but it's all uh, orchestrated from um, Edgebaston in Birmingham. Um, sleep, sleep by Dr. Ergen Aslan. Is it cheaper to do combined surgery as in tummy tuck breast reduction? Yes, it is. Um, something like 80% of the cheaper price. So if it's a thousand pounds for one and two thousand pounds for another instead of being three thousand pounds so two thousand plus one thousand it'll be two thousand eight hundred yeah eighty percent of the cheaper procedure but bottom line is yeah anyway um it's those figures are probably not uh, correct but yes it is cheaper because there's economies of hostel stay economies of operating time and operating equipment so it's uh, it's not like a, a it's not like an incentive because we're not allowed to do that and that would be a um, not not medically um, um, uh, um, ethical, I suppose is the word. So it's not like we're trying to incentivize you, but it's just there is just economy. It's like if you take out two moles, it's cheaper than taking out one mole one day and, and one mole another day. If you do two on the same day, it's much cheaper because we only operate in open one pack, um, you know, and, and things like that. Economies in those in those terms. Um, Okay, uh, what are the pros and cons of having implants or a breast lift? That's a big one. Um, broadly speaking, keeping it simple. If you want to keep it simple, implants make your breast bigger. Breast lift makes the shape better. So keeping it simple, the question is, is it the shape? Is it the size? If it's the shape, it's a lift. If it's the size, then it's an implant, assuming they're too small. If they're too big, then it's a reduction. So you've got an algorithm there, you know, shape or size, shape, it's a lift, size, it's implants. Shape and size, you might consider both. So if it's shape and size in terms of the shape's not right and they're too big, well, then it's a reduction because a lift is part of a reduction. If it's a shape and size and they're too small, then it's a lift and implants. Now, that's a very sort of broad uh, outline and maybe give you a skeleton to give you an idea of what might be right for you. But like anything in life, it's not that straightforward. There are always nuances. There might be situations where it's shape and size where you could consider just a lift or just implants if one was overriding because a lift and implants is quite a big op. So I usually tell people look, to, to, to try and avoid that if they can. And if one is an overriding problem, you could perhaps just do implants if the size was the overriding problem and you wanted them to be quite a bit bigger. But the shape was only a less of a problem. The implants will have an, an, an effect on the shape, but not as much as an effect as, an, as a lift will. Um, and the other one is if it is a pure shape problem, then on paper it is a lift. But a lot of I spend a lot of time trying to make it um, 
clear to patients what sort of shape you can achieve when you have a lift. It's important to be aware of the sort of shape that you can achieve when you have a lift because um, because it, it stays, the, the fullness in the upper pole doesn't stay when you're using your own tissue. It settles. It settles to a concavity in the upper pole. And a lot of people have in their head the sort of look that people get with implants when they have it, when they're considering a lift. They want to be like that. And it's not like that when you, well, it is like that when you first have it and then it settles. So, um, so that's something to be clear about that you can't get that fullness up here, the really full looking chest out of a bra. You can get it in a bra by pushing it up. But if you want that look out of a bra, you can't get that without using implants. But in my book, implants are really good for making the breast bigger and I wouldn't have them just to give, get the shape. But that's my view. And, you know, we have to have that discussion and some people want that for the shape. And I say, well, it's going to make you bigger. And they say, well, that's OK. Or I don't want to be bigger. So then you get into the realms of doing reduction and putting implants in, which is a bit of a thing that has never sat well with me. But uh, you get you get the drift. You get the drift. Uh, Lizbo, hello. And you mentioned backlog of backlogs. Can I please ask your current wait times? Oh, God. You can ask, Lisbo. I don't know. I'm going to say a couple of months. I don't know, Lisbo. I probably, do you know what? I, I'm about, I was about to say I probably should know. I tell you what, Lisbo, it changes all the time because my life is different to how it used to be. I used to have a regular list. I used to be at Parkways on a Monday, Priory on a Tuesday. We all knew where we were. We knew what the waiting list was like because those were my lists. Nowadays, my lists are all over the shop. I get lists here and there. I get a Monday and a Tuesday maybe list at uh, Liverpool. I get a list. Of, you know, the li we take whatever we can get. If the hospitals can give us a list, we'll, we'll take the list. So that therefore, if the hospitals say, oh, we've got a list in this date and we take it, then obviously the waiting list is less because, oh, we've got a date for this one and, you know, next month or something. So it's a fluid thing, Lisbo. The people in the office know, though, Amy and Nicola and stuff like that. You need to show your algorithm again. I did have you, Corin. This is a problem with with um with frequent viewers. I did an algorithm, didn't I? I wrote it down. Was that the lift and implants thing? I think it was, wasn't it? God, am I repeating? That's the beauty of the loss of short term memory. I forget. I did. I did, didn't I? The lift. Yeah, are you messing about now, Corin. Now that was a good algorithm. I wrote that down. And I kept that somewhere. I think I brought it to the clinic with a view of baking it into a into something. I think I got something there. Um, Willy Bum Bum, uh, Mr. Jonathan Stiano, uh, how much is a tattoo excision on the Botox? Um, well, Willy Bum Bum, um, the Botox is actually quite a good place for a tattoo. I don't know if you're joking. Is, is Willy Bum Bum joking? Anyway, I'm going to answer it because, you know, you could you could remove a, ta a tattoo on the Botox. Um, well, I can't answer it because it depends on how big it is. Um, Will, do you mind if I call you Willy? Uh, it depends how big it is, Willie. Um, yeah, so that we do it in sizes. So I'll tell you what, Willie, email us a photo and I'll get back to you and I'll give you the price. So it depends on the size. And also it's a really big tattoo. Sometimes we have to do it in stages. So you have to repeat it. But uh, thanks for your question, Willie. I don't know if that was... Uh... <laughs> oh, Willie. But... Oh, Willie. Oh, no, I wouldn't do it on a Willie, Willie. Um, well, i say I wouldn't. Never say never, Willie. I mean, as long as there's a bit of spare skin, I suppose you would. But um, yeah, I'm not sure about that. Uh, thank you, Corin. It was helpful. Right. That's good. That was good. Um, ooh, uh, right. Let's move on. Michelle, 
What's the approximate time for tummy tuck after consultation with yourself? Uh, yeah, Michelle, I've got to be honest. Um, I'm going to say a couple, I'm saying a couple of months. I've been saying it for ages, a couple of months. I don't know how true that is. Um, I would ask Corinne, but I don't think Corinne knows um, because you know. Um, does anyone know? Anyone been to the clinic? A couple of months, I think, Michelle. Two, two or three months, maybe. Not entirely sure, Michelle. But message me. Message me. Is pubic area how much on tongue? Right. Okay. I think we're gonna. I tell you what, Willie Bum Bum. I do. I think. I think having comments is good for the algorithm on uh, Instagram. I think so. I think it is good to have comments. So by all means, <laughs> comment away. But we'll just assume wherever it is, Willie Bum Bum. Send us a photo, and we'll give you. We'll give you an idea. But yeah, by by all means, um, comment away. Oh, there you go, Corinne. Two to three months, I believe, JJ. That's what Amy said. There you go. Two to three months, Michelle. And um, who else was asking? Uh, was it Lisbo? Um, do you examine prostate? No, Willie Bum Bum. That it would be a general surgeon would examine the prostate, not uh, or a urologist. That would be a urologist, actually, not a general surgeon. Um, but uh, yeah, not me. Uh, you're too nice, right? <laughs> Move on. Right, I've got a question here, so I'm just going to look over here. Um, is pubic area lifted included? Oh, sorry, is pubic area lift included in a tummy tuck? Um, to a degree, to a degree. So I try my best to first of all point out if there is a problem with the pubic area. Uh, technical term is mons. I don't know if that's a um, I don't know if that's a, a term used in, in normal life, but anyway, um, which is basically the area where your pubic hair is. So um, first of all, it's important to be aware if there is some extra skin in that area um, before you start. And often when people need a tummy tuck, they've got a big apron, they don't, they're not aware of that. So first of all, is to be aware of that. So because what you don't want to do is do a tummy tuck, remove that big apron of skin, and then people see this sort of um, totic extra skin in that pubic area and think what the hell have you done there what's that doesn't look right and you're like well that was there already so first of all is to point it out pre-op or to try and be aware of it pre-op is the first thing and the second thing is I always make a point that I can't do a huge amount to it although I will do my best to try and tighten it because um, you can't do too much tightening going south when you're doing a tummy tuck because when you do a tummy tuck you're you're trying to release the tissues up north to bring the scar down as low as possible so if you try and take out a lot of tissue from the from the mons and from the pubic area um, there's two potential problems that can happen one is that the scar can drift up so you can get a, 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 a pulling up the scar and um, the, pu the scar is level, level uh, usually at the top of your pubic hair, so you don't really want your pubic hair drifting up. Not a good look. Uh, and you can also get a clitoral lift, which can be a little bit uncomfortable, can be, I mean, in extreme cases, problems with going to the loo, you know, urinating and stuff like that. So you've got to be a bit careful doing too much to the mom's bottom line. So I'll do my best to do something to try and take out some of that, that heaviness, to take out some of the totic skin. But if there is a problem in that pubic area, in that mons area, then it may need to be addressed at a second stage. And, and really the important thing is to um, point that out to people preoperatively um, so you're not afterwards thinking, wait a minute, I didn't, you know, you never said that. So um, do we offer diastasis like repair? Yes. Well, hmm, actually, I've got to jump in there. I don't want to jump in. 
Diastasis recti. So what? first of all, diastasis, we don't know if people know what diastasis recti is, so uh, I will elaborate. So recti is the um, rectus abdominis, is the muscle. And because there's two of them, two, um, two rectuses make a recti. So the plural of rectus is recti. So anyway, um, so the two rectus abdominis muscles go straight down the, I would show you uh, on myself, um, straight down uh, either side of the belly button. And uh, when you uh, put on weight, when you have children, anything in, inside your abdomen that, that stretches your abdominal wall, those two, mus those two um, muscles can split apart a bit to give a bit of a gap between those muscles. And that's known as a diastasis or divarification of the recti. Sometimes people think it's a hernia because when you lift, when you cough, when you move, you can get a bulge between those muscles, which is actually um, what a hernia looks like. It's, it's maybe you don't need to know, but it's slightly different to a hernia. A hernia would be actually a hole in the abdominal wall, a defect in the abdominal wall where bowel contents sort of protrude through. It's the same sort of thing when you cough and when you you know move and intense your abdominal muscles, you can get a bulge. Um, this isn't this isn't actually strictly speaking a defect in the abdominal wall. The abdominal wall is intact. It's a weakness between those two muscles, which is forming a bulge. So it's not strictly speaking a uh, hernia. Uh, it's just a weakness between the muscles. And bringing those muscles together to close that gap is part of a full tummy tuck. It has to be a full tummy tuck. Um, you can't do it, or at least it's extremely difficult to do with a mini tummy tuck. So I'm going to say for the sake of, uh, of, um, of convenience that you can't do it with a mini tummy tuck. Um, and so yes, in that respect, as part of a full tummy tuck, it is relatively easy to get up there and uh, and repair the diastasis, and it's a routine part of a full tummy tuck. Now, if you're asking the question, do we offer diastasis recti repair? If that is the sole procedure that you're thinking of having done, so if you've got a diastasis recti but do not need a tummy tuck, that's slightly different. And that becomes difficult because it becomes difficult to access that diastasis recti. It's easy to access when you do a tummy tuck because you're you're there, you're up, you're up, up by your ribcage, but it's difficult to access when you're not doing a tummy tuck, um, or at least it's not as difficult to access. You'd have to make an incision over it. So you make an incision over it, which is a a midline incision in your abdomen, which can be unsightly, and so that's a different kettle of fish there because it's it's often a cosmetic problem. So it's not a functional problem in the same way that a, a hernia could cause problems with it getting. Um, uh, strangulated, obstructed, and you know, bowel contents can get stuck in that hole in the abdominal wall. That's not going to happen with the diastasis. So it's a purely cosmetic problem, a diastasis rectus uh, abdominis. But it, um, and so if you're curing one uh, cosmetic problem with a big scar in the midline of the abdomen, that's in itself a different cosmetic problem. So uh, simple answer, yes, we do do diastasis recti repair. But if someone came with that without needing a tummy tuck, I'd be a bit more um, reticent. I'd be a bit more um, um, not keen. What's the word? You know, cautious, cautious about doing it. I'd be a bit more cautious about doing it if it was a sole problem with the uh, with the diastasis recti. Um, um, Oh my God, what's going on here? Can I send a photo of my, do you do hairy balls? Can you lipo them? Right, okay, I think can you lipo them? Right, looking for good questions. Thank you, Sleep by Dr. 
Ergin Aslan for bringing in the Royce of Reason. Can you lipo? Yes, you can, sleeve by Dr. Ergin. Um, you can lipo the Monzeria. So when you're doing a tummy tuck, you can lipo it, take some of the heaviness down. Exact. Good. Thank you for that. Yes, you can do lipo, um, particularly, obviously, if you're doing lipo to the sides at the same time, you can do some lipo to take some of that heaviness down. You've got to be a bit, the, the thing that I would be um, trying to talk to people about is that totic skin, the stretch skin. If there is totic skin, removing uh, liposuction by removing um, some heaviness from it can definitely help with it, but can make that totic skin worse. So I say, you know, we can do something to try and take some of that totic skin away and tighten that skin, but you're limited to how much skin in it yeah, you can tighten, but you can do lipo to the area. Corin, come on, mate. That's enough. Good one, Corin. Thank you, Corin, for... Uh, Stepping in, how many surgeries you've done this week, JJ? I'll tell you how many surgeries I've done this week. So let's leave by Dr. Ergen Aslan. None. <laughs> I haven't done any. Um, well, in my in my um defense, well, I can't be honest, I'm not I'm not operating every week. I haven't got that many operating lists. I can't get that many operating lists, but it was Valentine's Day Monday, wasn't it? which is actually my wife's birthday. So I um, took the day off. So Monday, I didn't work. And Monday, I often operate on Monday. So I, I, I didn't operate on Monday. And then Tuesday, which is today, um, Willie Bum Bum, I don't even know what, you, you're getting your spelling wrong now. Um, here we go, block. Block, right. Right, Willie Bum Bum, I've blocked Willie Bum Bum. You right. I blocked him. I blocked him. <laughs> I blocked him or her. That's not me. Um, so Monday, um, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Don't know. I haven't done any today. <laughs> it's embarrassing, isn't it? Uh, thank you. Yes. Happy birthday to uh, Mrs. Stoyano. Yes. Nice day. Went to Wales. See her parents. So it's nice. Um, and today I haven't done anything. And then tomorrow and Thursday, I've got clinics Wednesday, Thursday this week because I normally do Wednesday, Friday, but but we're going away for a Friday. Um, so we're going on because it's, it's half term. I don't know about some people seem to have half term this week, but we've got half term next week. So we're going away. Um, you need to give me a block. Yes, Corinne, we need, you need to be admin. You need to be admin, Corinne. <laughs> you need to help me because I'm all on my own trying to do this. I know it's unbelievable. You'd think I'd have a team behind me, wouldn't you? But I'm all on my own here. So I got a fire. But I was quite impressed. I did, found the block thing. So I did manage to do the block, although it was getting the com the comments up. So the, you know, they can't, you can't have everything. It was quite nice to have more comments. But, you know, maybe the Jen Utzel's comment was a bridge too far. Um, Michelle, what you got? I would like to message you on Facebook. What name do I look for? What? What do you mean? Aren't you on Facebook now? It's called the Styano Clinic, um, Michelle. I'd have thought it would be. I don't. That's, that's mind blown on that one. I mean, what do you mean? What name do I look for? You're doing it on Facebook, so I think it's called the Styano Clinic. Anyway, is the answer to that? Uh, the Queen is in the house. Queenie, Queen, Queen. Uh, it's called, I don't know, I'm going to write it anyway, Michelle. It's called The Styano Clinic. Look for, is it at? 
Is that is that or is that Twitter the way you do at? Is Facebook at? Does anyone know? I'm just gonna is it at? I'm just gonna look for the Styano Clinic. That's it. On Facebook. I feel weird writing this on Facebook because surely that's on Facebook. Anyway, that's what it is. Did that come up? Anyway, there you go. Look for Styano Clinic on Facebook. Um Right. Ooh, how do I get that comment off there? Right. Um, what do you look at? What's going on? Do you need to give me? Yeah. Uh, do you look at the body frame to do the size of breast breast reduction? Yes, sleeve by Doctor Ergin. A um, couple of things you look at when you're doing a breast reduction. Obviously, the frame is important. The width. Um, the breast is off, is often too wide, so you have to narrow the width of the breast. Um, but one thing that I try and do is I try and give it a good shape. You have to give the breast good projection. A lot of people now, same with breast reduction and breast augmentation, people focus on cup size, obviously, because that's what we've got to talk about breast sizes. And I always say, look, I can't guarantee the cup size. What I try and do is I try and make a shape better, try and make it lifted. It's an integral part of a breast reduction, narrower with project, good projection. The other important thing when you're doing a breast reduction is you have to keep the nipple alive so you have to keep the nipple on a certain stalk of, of, of uh, tissue which has got the blood supply the nerve supply and potentially the milk ducts in it if that was a an issue in terms of breastfeeding and so that carries with it a certain volume so if you're very big you cannot go to a very small size it still has to be a certain size because of the pedicle because of that tissue that carries the nerve supply but in terms of the aesthetics of it i'm looking at the body frame i'm looking at the width trying to get the width that matches your frame. But as I say, preoperatively, often the breast is too wide. Um, so you try to narrow the width and lift the breast. Those are the things I do rather than looking um, specifically at a cup size. Not that we, cup size is not a specific thing anyway. It's different depending on the back size. It's a variable thing. So it's not something that's specifically a C cup or a D cup. Um, Corinne, love to do it here every week. Yes, it's at before the, oh, is it? Oh. I didn't. Can I edit it? Oh, God. Too late, Corinne. I didn't do the act. Oh, well, never mind. Well, anyway, hey-ho. Um, what you got, Susie? I'm in so soon for my TT with you. I literally cannot wait. Get a good rest on your holiday so you're ready for my pick-up. It is. A, I will. Yes, I will. I'll have to. Zoe Murray. Hi, Jonathan. Sorry if misspelled. Yes, not got an H in it, but we're not precious about it. Oh, oh God. Uh, don't worry. Followed your lives for a few weeks. I'm wondering if you will do a TT and breast uplift implant in one op or prefer two separate ones. I will do it in one op, Zoe Marie. Um, I can't be honest with you. A lot of the... the um, uh, so, well, there's two things here. Whether the breast uplift and implants one op or the tummy tuck and breast up with implants one op. So, um, personally, I do do a breast uplift implant one op, although there's a lot of surgeons who don't. Um, because it, because it has got a high complication. I do I do do it in one op, but I talk to them about it, and I you know we go over the pros and cons. But if it's right for you, then a breast uplift and implant can be done in one op, and you could combine a breast uplift and implant with a tummy tuck in one op. That would also be uh, acceptable. It does depend a little bit on um, how big. Uh, you are or how big the operation is going to be because there are tummy tucks and there are tummy tucks and some are bigger than others and so um, the reason I say that is because theatres have a time limit of five hours 
So you, 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 you're up, you're up on, you're up onto your five hours there with a tummy tuck and a breast uplift with implants. That's sort of, you know, that's at the five hour mark. So if it's going to be a big tummy tuck, if we're looking at doing liposuction with that big tummy tuck, you know, big tummy tuck and a breast lift with implants, that's looking at hitting that five hours and beyond. So that might be an issue with theatres. Um, but on paper, that is an acceptable combination, a tummy tuck and a breast uplift with implants. That could be done in one operation, as long as you want it done in one operation, because obviously it's a lot of work um, for you for recovery, etc. Um, and thank you for following me. It's nice to be followed. The length of mine is 42 centimetres. I'd want small as I've had problems since teenager. Um, sorry, sleeve by Dr. Aslan. Are you talking about the length of your nipple to sternal notch is 42 centimetres? Because if you are, that is really long. That is really long, sleeve by Dr. Aslan. If you're moving the nipple more than like 10, 15 centimeters, it's a worry for the vascularity of the nipple. And uh, you normally putting, you're going to put your nipple 24, 25, I, I think, probably. So uh, what's that? That's 17, 17, 18 centimeters. That's a massive transposition sleeve by Dr. Aslan. So your, your, uh, yeah, your, 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 pedicle is going to be very long so your breasts are still going to have a certain size to them and also you're going to have risks in terms of the vascularity of that nipple with in fact sleep by dr aslan with that um with that uh sort of distance if that if, if when you're talking about 42 if you're talking about from here to here here to the nipple if that's what you're talking about there you're in the realms of your free nipple graft there which i don't do very often i don't i'm not not a massive fan of it because it pretty much always gets uh, a numbness or at least not normal sensation around the areola you can lose projection of the nipple but in the right situation it can be good you know and and uh, and, and that might be you that that might be something you you would want to think about lisbo can i please ask how many consultations you need to have before the actual surgery i usually think that two is the minimum i think um two is nice uh, but there's no maximum, Lisbo. As many as you want, you can come back as often as you want. Sometimes people do come back a lot because they're not sure and they're worried about this and that. So, um, yeah, come back as often as you want. I encourage you to come back, but uh, two is sort of your normal. Um, problem being back pain, neck pain, very bad rashes under boob, and they're too big to do exercise. Yes, collarbone to nipple 42. Well, if it's collarbone to nipple 42, when you say collarbone, you mean still not spelling, doesn't matter. Anyway, that's a long one. Uh, I bet you are having problems. That's, yeah, that's, uh, you know, the, the flip side is you, you're going to increase your risk of complications with that sort of uh, transposition, but you're also going to increase your result because you've got a significant droop to your breast if you like so that is going to be addressed at the time of the um at the of the reduction so you're going to have a you know you're going to have a significant improvement in your symptoms but i've got to be honest with you you're going to have uh to have a discussion about how we get that nipple moved up how that nipple transposition works whether it stays on a pedicle or where we do a uh, free nipple graft so that needs a uh, a discussion uh, thank you for asking my question. You will see me in for a consult in the not too distant future. Then, looking forward to it, Zoe Can't quite remember what the question was, but I'm glad I answered it. What was it? Oh, tummy tuck and breast lift with implants. Yeah, yeah, good. Um, 
Cam, what you got? Random question, but is plastic surgery in America more advanced than the UK? From watching YouTube channels, they appear to offer a great choice in techniques and treatments. Funny you should say that, Cam, because that is my next question. So you have segued into my next question beautifully. So this is my next question. I can't seem to find BBL or Flex Sculpt Lipo that looks as good as other countries. Are we just a bit behind on techniques or are there reasons why we aren't doing these surgeries here? So um, I think that there are certain countries who are in different stages in terms of certain treatments for show. And certainly things like BBL, um, uh, which is a Brazilian butt lift, we don't do in this country, really. Um, if uh, One of the big problems with um, plastic surgery, <clears throat> to the extent that there's a guy apparently who's written a book about it, got a copy here. Yeah. Apparently this guy here, Jonathan Stiato. Yeah. Apparently he's some top plastic surgeon in the UK. Um, he's written, that's not me, by the way. Um, yeah. See the likeness. Yeah. See that guy? Not got a beard. Yeah. Um, anyway, this guy's written a book about choosing a plastic surgeon. And the fact of the matter is, there's a lot of people doing plastic surgery, cosmetic surgery, who aren't plastic surgeons, basically. Um, but if you are a plastic surgeon and you are a member of BARPS, which is the British Association of Aesthetic Plastic Surgeons, which is the sort of UK um, society, there's BAPRAS as well, BARPS and BAPRAS. Um, uh, if you're a member of those, then you uh, we have been discouraged from using, doing BBL. Now, the fact of the matter is there's a lot of people who are doing plastic surgery out there who aren't members of Ops and Bapras, so I guess they can do BBLs if they want. But uh, we have been discouraged from doing BBL, which is a Brazilian butt lift. And there are other parts of the world, America included, where there are people still doing a lot of BBL. Brazilian butlers who are saying that there is you know safe to do there are ways you can do it and, it, and it's good getting good results and patients want it so I, d I don't really I haven't really got experience of it because um, what I do know is that there were some fatalities quite high profile fatalities with the Brazilian butt lift so it was deemed to be unsafe to do so we don't do it so I guess you could argue in that respect other countries are uh, you know, UK, uh, America or whatever is more advanced in terms of uh, Brazilian butt lifts and things. Um, but then the flip side, you could say, well, we're erring on the side of caution because people are dying and we're trying to avoid that. Um, so, you know, it's like, mm, anyway, um, so that one, you could argue people, are, I guess, if, if, if you're going to have the surgery, then you're probably better off going some to someone who does it a lot. Um, and you probably not going to find anyone in the uk i don't know who's doing it a lot because i doubt there'll be members of barps about press but um flex sculpt lipo now this um is and i don't know if this is what you're alluding to about uh a cam about saying the uk more advanced offer a greater choice of techniques and treatments <clears throat> what you got to think about is if someone says this guy is doing this treatment this is flex scalp lipo. Brilliant. Seems to be only offered in this place or this country or this or that. Why is that only offered in that country? Why why are other people doing it? Now, I, I, I tried to, well, I did Google it. I tried to look at it. Flat. I think from what I could see, it's a sort of non-surgical type of lipos, um, liposculpturing. Can't really say liposuction because you don't suck it out. Um, 
but there's a few of these sort of non-surgical um, techniques for for uh, for removing fat where you damage the fat somehow. Um, cold, heat, radio frequency. There's different ways of delivering energy basically percutaneously. So you put something on the on the abdomen and somehow delivers energy to just destroy the fat. Um, now, personally, I haven't embraced it. I've seen a variable. Uh, results with it and so you've got to ask yourself if someone's saying I've got this machine which is brilliant and it shows these magnificent results and someone's shown me on Instagram a post with a mag you know that it is a magnificent result um why doesn't everyone else have that machine why 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 don't I get a flex sculpt lipo machine um or this machine or that machine and uh, as I say I don't know much about that that one uh, but it, in general terms the reason I haven't got one of those machines is you go to the meetings and you see people talking about it and presenting on it and um I, I've seen quite a few presentations on these these types of machines and they always show a result from some guy in America I think it's produced by the people who make the machines saying look at this fantastic result before and after and you think why aren't they showing their own results? Why are they showing this one result of this bloke in America who's got these fantastic results? You do sort of think what's happened between these before and after. Have they gone on some intensive exercise and diet regime because their body has completely changed? Is it all the machine? Um, but you could say that with any result. But at least other results, you know, tummy tucks, liposuction, where you actually stick a candy in and suck the fat out, you know that's going to happen. Um, so I, I personally would be a bit um, cautious about if someone says, I've got this machine, you can't get it anywhere else. You know, do they know something that no, you know, the market is open to anyone. The people making the machines want to sell as many machines as they possibly can. So if there was some kind of miracle machine out there, then uh, then we'd all buy it. I'd buy it. I'd be great. I'd be well up for it. Um, the photo that that the, it's interesting because I did a I did a blog about the other day about um, advertising cosmetic surgery, saying how we should do, you know, we should be allowed to advertise in cosmetic surgery. A lot of people say we we shouldn't be advertising. And I'm like, no, of course we should, because we've got to give information, etc. Now, this photo that the patient posted, um, the, the thing on Instagram said, oh, flex sculpt lipo, look at this fantastic result. She had a BBA, BBL, etc., etc. But I'm thinking, hold on a minute, it looks like she's had a tummy tuck. I can see a scar. I mean, it was a nice tummy tuck with the scar around the belly button, the scar in the in the abdomen. Um, other things you've got to watch out for is people with their arms up can sort of tighten up the abdomen. So if you take the post up with your arms up. Um, although the pre-op was the arms like that, but it, it might be the post was like that. So little things like that can make the abdomen look a bit tight. But splitting hairs, because it was a nice result. But if she'd had a tummy tuck, then that's a bit different. I mean, that's like saying, oh, tummy tucks are really good. So, you know, just have a tummy tuck. But it matters who does the tummy tuck. You know, you can't just say tummy tucks are good. It's like, who 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 does is you know, it, it's the surgeon that's given that result, not some machine. It's the surgeon who's done the tummy tuck or done the liposuction or done the this or that. So for me, I don't think there's any panacea silver bullet machine out there that is really advanced that they've got in America that they haven't got in the UK. I think there may be an element of what I was talking about earlier about the advertising saying we should be allowed to do it. You've got to be careful with the photos that you show. I mean, I make a point of showing average photos, average results. Most patients are going to get an average result. And I've built my clinic on trying to get patients to be happy with their results. And so I'm not just going to show my very, you know, pick out my very best results I've ever done and just show those. 
if you do that, you're probably going to get new patients. You probably will get, you know, you, you probably will be successful at getting new patients, but you're not going to be great at getting like happy patients or repeat patients because they're going to be disappointed because I think I came to see them because of that magnificent result and look at my result. So, you know, I try and show realistic results, you know, and people say the scar looks a bit red, the scar looks a bit this, that. I'm like, yeah, the scar often looks a bit red. You might have a red scar, um, you know, and, and so that's how I feel. It's important to get uh, happy patients and you've got to be a bit careful with what you say to patients and what sort of things you put out. And, you know, if you're putting out a, a post saying, oh, flex sculpt, light toe or whatever, if the patient has had a tummy tuck and you're not mentioning, oh, by the way, they've also had a tummy tuck. If people think this machine can do all that, you know, or they've had some intensive exercise regime and they've been to a boot camp and they've lost all this weight and they've done this, you know, as well in those six weeks or six months or whatever, um, then then that's not really fair on patients. And I and I I would be concerned if someone says, I've seen this great vaser, like people talk about vaser a lot. I've seen this great thing, vaser, this and that. I don't think there's any machine that is going to give you a good result. I don't think a vaser machine on its own is going to give you a good result. I think a liposuction can give a good result. And vaser is an assistive form of liposuction. But I don't think vaser in itself is necessarily going to give you that edge to give you the, a good result. I think some people are good at doing liposuction and can get nice results with liposuction. But I think patients often want it to be the VASA or the flex sculpt or the this machine or the that machine. And if there was a machine like a VASA or a flex sculpt or whatever, that in itself gave a significant advantage over other things, everyone would be using it. But everyone's not using these things. So why is everyone not using them? Because they're not stupid. Everyone wants to have good results and wants, you know, if I could use some machine that's going to give me a significantly better result just by the virtue of the fact I'm using machine, I'm going to get that machine, aren't I? So why haven't I got that machine? Because I don't think that machine is going to give me a significantly better result in itself. But I think patients often want to hear that. And maybe people are giving out messages like saying, are oh, the America significantly more advanced than the UK? Well, you know, they might have more machines. Certainly in terms of breast implants, they're significantly less advanced than the UK, in my view, because they've only got a few implants that they use. But again, you could use the argument for the safety that I just use for the BBL um, because they don't use polyurethane implants. They use a lot of saline implants. They use a lot of smooth implants, um, you know, so the choice isn't there. They've used a, they, they, they haven't got as much of a range of implants that can be used as any a few makes that can be used in America. So they are more limited in their choice. Um, but I could, guess you could say we're more limited in our choice in terms of the BBR. That's the flip side of the SADA argument. Um, I don't know if I've lost everybody with this. I've gone off on one of this one a bit. Um, sorry. Um, so, um, you know, I just think that I don't think that there is a country that is significantly um, more advanced than another country in terms of, certainly in terms of technology. I think if there was some significant technology that gave an advance, it would be quite quickly adopted throughout the world. And certainly I'd be all in if there was one, but I haven't found one. Um, and goodness knows there's enough people out there who try and promote their thing to be a significant advantage. 
But actually, when you get into it and you look at real life results, not just the one result they show you, this patient that they did once that had a great result, you know, when you look at real life everyday results, it's a bit, mm. and at the end of the day, I hate to say it, you're probably going to get an average result. Joe Public having an operation is going to get an average. Most people are going to get average results. So I believe you've got to show average results. If you show fantastic results, you're going to be um, upsetting some people because not everybody's going to get the best result. Most people are going to get the average result. It's pure math. That's where I want. So, um, yeah. So in answer to the question, why aren't we doing BBL? It's because there's fatalities and we think feel it's not help. Flex cup, lipo, don't know much about it, but I don't know if in itself that will give you a significant result. Sorry, I went off on that a bit there. Um, I'll calm down. I'm going to have a lie down in a minute. Um, from, so from collarbone to nipple, yeah, so a reduction is not – no, I'm not saying a reduction is not revised, advised. Definitely um, a, a reduction is advised. I'm just saying it's risky with a collarbone to nipple distance of 42. That's a very long – um, that's a very long distance. So it's increasing your risk. The more of a droop to your breast, the more of a transposition you've got to make when you're doing the lift. The further the distance the nipple's got to move, you increase the risk of complications. So you are going to have a higher risk of complications. That's all I'm saying. Needs a discussion. But you're probably going to get a, you know, get a better um, result in terms of where you are to where you're going to go. You know, you're going to probably be transformed by the surgery because you know, you, you'll, you'll have a much better shape afterwards. You're going to send me photos. Please do send me photos. Um, I've sent photos. I just need to know if reduction isn't advised. I sent them on Messenger. I'll have a look at them, but it's not that it's not reduction isn't advised. The only thing is how we manage the nipple. And as I say, with that sort of distance, I'd be along the lines of thinking about a uh, free nipple graft, which carries with it um, potential uh, complications in terms of the nipple is almost certainly going to be numb or at least abnormal sensation and it might lack projection the you know the bit that sticks out might not stick out as much but uh, definitely doable i would have thought but i'll look at the photos and i'll get back to you definitely happy to do that um what we got here right i've had a gastric so i can read this i've had a gastric sleeve and I have big breasts. I've lost three stone to date, and the weight of my breasts are so low and heavy. Is there such a thing as muscle tear? And that's how it feels. The weight and heavy they feel, and I have pain. Should I wear my sports bra to support the heaviness? Um, <clears throat> so, not your cup of tea is in. Um, should I have, uh, is there such a thing as muscle tear? Well, yeah, there is such a thing as muscle tear, but big breasts are not going to tear your muscle. So there, there is, a, you know, obviously muscle tear if you're, you know, footballer or something, you can tear a muscle. But having big, heavy breasts is not going to tear the muscle. Now, the breasts are sitting on top of the muscle, the muscle being the pec is the main muscle of your chest. It's going to be sitting on top of there. But uh, no, they're not going to tear your muscle. So rest assured, your muscles are going to be OK. Um, but... You got pain. Should I wear my sports bra to support the heaviness? Well, yes, a lot of people do uh, wear a bra to support the heaviness. And if you are considering a breast reduction, it is not um, a bad idea to get professionally measured and to get a professionally fitting bra um, before having a breast reduction, because having a good, well-fitting, supportive bra can alleviate a lot of the symptoms that you get with breast reduction and may even um, mean that you don't need a breast reduction if you are having the reduction, you know, purely for the 
um, symptoms you're getting. Um, so absolutely, a sports bra or a, uh, a well-fitted supportive bra is definitely indicated if you are getting pain and discomfort from large breasts, and that can definitely help and would be something to consider before going to the extreme lengths of considering a breast reduction. I think um, that would be a very reasonable thing to do. But don't worry about the muscle tear. I don't think that would be a um, thing for a large breast causing a muscle tear. Um, would a lipoma located on the nape of the neck need to have an ultrasound before uh, being removed? Um, I know, I think this is, you put this in, haven't you, Amy? Amy's put this in because I said it needed an ultrasound. So you know the answer, Amy, isn't it? The answer is yes. So yes, the the often, the problem with, lipos, uh, the, the problem with lipomas is that you don't know how deep they are. So you have to, um, uh, it, it's really helpful if they're in an area where there is um, um, a potential lot of depth, you know, they could be behind, behind muscles and things, then uh, it is, um, helpful to have a, a, an, a, an ultrasound or some kind of scan if it's on the tummy or on the back or something you know if it's on the head you know the skull's there so if you can feel a lump there it's between there and the skull so you know it's not going to be far away but if it's on the sort of nape of the neck and you've got bones and tendons and ligaments and all sorts because they can be in any layer so that's number one thing the other thing a sort of lump certainly midline um, on the back uh, which is what this one was you've got to be thinking is it something to do with the spinal cord is it something to do with um uh, the nerves you know you don't want to be in the minor ops room and find that it's not a lipoma uh, and find that it's something else so that is why a scan can be helpful just to reassure us that a it is a lipoma um and b that it hasn't uh, how, how deep it is that it's going to be possible to remove it under local anesthetic because if it's quite deep if it's beneath muscles etc um you may want to consider having a general anesthetic because it can be un quite uncomfortable to cut, cut muscles under a local anesthetic um so yes it's useful to have a scan for a lipoma on the nape of the neck in fact any sort of reasonable size lipoma on any part of the body where it could be deeper than than what you can feel um what we got uh, we've got one on Facebook, one on Instagram. We'll do Facebook first. I think, Kelly, you were first, so we'll do you first. What is the difference between over the muscle implants or under the muscle? So, Kelly, this is one of those ones where a lot of people will swear blind that one's better than the other. And I always say, look, they've both got pros and cons. Broadly speaking, the good thing about putting them under the muscle is that the muscle hides the implant. So your muscles, your pec, so it only hides it here in the upper pole doesn't hide it in the outer pole, but it hides the implant. You're less likely to have rippling. You're less likely to see the edges. You're less likely to feel the edges. If the implant goes hard, as they often do over time, that's going to manifest itself later because you've got the implant sort of, and the muscle sort of protecting it so you, you don't feel it going hard quite so soon. So those are the benefits of putting it under the muscle. The downside of putting it under the muscle is it hurts more because you're cutting the muscle. So I'm going to go, it hurts to cut, cut the muscle. Every time you move, it hurts. It bleeds more, so you're more risk of hematoma because you're cutting the muscle. It's quite vascular, um, so your recovery is a bit slower. Also, um, you can get uh, animation deformity. So if you do the gym, when you move, because the implants beneath the pec, every time you flex your pec, your, your, your breast can move. So that's called an animation deformity, so that's a risk. Also, the muscle can sometimes hold the implants high. When you first have them done, they're always high, but they often they may not settle if they're under the muscle. The muscle can hold it up high, so sometimes you have to release them and let them drop down again. And sometimes you can get them very wide. If you get a very wide cleavage, it's because we haven't released the muscle enough. 
in this area here and the muscles pulling the implants wide so there are good things in that it's hidden better there are bad things in that you can sit wide or high and you get animation um, and basically the opposite is true when you put them on, on top of the muscle it um, they often sit better they're much less likely to sit high and wide you don't get the animation less chance, chance of bleeding quicker recovery um, but more chance of seeing them rippling, et cetera, et cetera. So what it usually comes down to is how much soft tissue you cover you've got. And I normally say, if you can see your ribs, you would think about putting them under the muscle. Also depends a bit about on the type of implants. Some implants are more likely to ripple. Smooth implants are more likely to see those visible rippling. So you tend to put them underneath the muscle. Um, so it's a balance and it depends on how much soft tissue you cover you've got over your chest, what sort of implant you're gonna have. So it sort of needs a bit of a consultation, but those are, broadly speaking, the pros and cons of over or under the muscle. Not your cup of tea. Hun is in the house. Sleeved by Dr. Ergin Aslan. What do you got for me? Do you have to be a certain weight slash BMI to have breast surgery? Well, there is an advisable BMI and the advisable BMI is 30. That's the one that most people work on, BMI 30. But often people who've had weight loss, I'm guessing by your, by your Instagram name, there might be a bit of weight loss involved um, in, your, in your life. People who've had weight loss will often have BMIs above 30, despite the fact they, um, so they might be overweight, despite the fact they've lost a huge amount of weight. So I normally say to people, look, we have a discussion about it. So if your weight is above 30, the main thing is, are you happy with your weight? Is your weight stable? If your weight is not stable, if you are not happy with your weight, you're better off getting happy with your weight and stabilizing weight before having any sort of surgery, any sort of breast surgery in terms of breast surgery or uh, body contouring or any, any sort of um, um, contouring surgery. Because if you weight, lose weight after the surgery, then you're going to have potentially more hanging skin. So you need to get your weight stable first and you need to be comfortable with it. And that is even if your BMI is below 30. So people who've got BMI 29 who want to lose weight, I'd say, well, lose it first because you're going to potentially have hanging skin if you lose more weight afterwards. Plus, the complication rate is higher the higher your weight. So there's two reasons to lose weight first. One, you're going to have better result because we can tighten more skin if you lose the weight first. And two, you're going to have a lower risk of complications if your weight is lower. So 46 BMI now, 34 BMI still losing. Wow. Well done you, Sleeve by. You must be unrecognizable. 46 to 34. Can we give Sleeve by Dr. Ergin Aslan a big hand, uh, please? Round of applause. Um, I'm not sure if I can do that, but if I did, I, there's a clap emoji coming to you because 46 to 34. Wow. Not many people have lost 12 BMI points. That's pretty amazing. Well done. Still losing, though. That's the big thing. If you're still losing, um, yeah, well done. Excellent. Then continue losing. And the problem with this stuff is that when people have lost that much weight, they often feel comfortable putting a bit of weight on because you're probably saying, oh, my breasts are hanging, my tummy's hanging, my arms, etc., etc." And actually, if you lose weight, you'll make that worse. So, you know, if you if you make that the thing is, you've got to lose the weight first and actually make it as bad as it's going to be before we do the surgery. Because if we do the surgery and then you lose weight afterwards, we don't want to have extra skin where it may be breast or tummy or whatever. Um, so, you know, cosmetically, it might look worse if you lose, lost, lost more weight. But if you are still losing, you've got to get to where you're comfortable with. Um, 
I sent an email about tattoo excision and they wouldn't give me an answer unless my tattoo was posted online. French Lieber, I think that's wrong. You're saying they, you're saying me? Uh, I give answers two or three times, well, maybe not two or three times a day, but at least once a day about tattoos. And uh, I never post them online. They might have asked you if you wanted to post it for this thing. We often show photos, but I would never say, well, I won't give an answer unless you post it online. I'm giving answers on a regular basis, French Libra. Um, message me with your email address and I'll have a look and I'll just see what they've said. And I'll be very happy to give you an answer without posting it online. Um, it's just they always say, well, can we post it on here? Because I like to spice this up with photos. But if you've ever seen many of these French Libra, I hardly ever show photos of tattoo on here because, you know, people often don't want to be, have it online, which is absolutely fine if they don't want to have it posted. Absolutely fine. No problem at all. Um, so there's no way we would have said we wouldn't give you an answer unless you post it online. That would be unethical. Um, and uh, so, yeah, that's not good. Um, what we got? Uh, oh, look, we got another one. Look, Kelly. Oh, Kelly. Look at Kelly. Is there any, Kelly's 59 BMI down to 34. It can be done. Bypass 2019. Wow. 59 to 34. 34, 44, 54, 25 BMI points. Can anyone beat 25 BMI points? That's awesome, Kelly. That's absolutely amazing. Well done. Wow. Um, yeah, French Libra. I'm sorry about that. I'm going to make a note. That's upset me now, that French Libra thing. Um, message me with your email. Um, because that that's uh, wrong. Uh, well done, Kelly. Uh, it's actually Kelly, but yeah. Kelly, um, sleeve by Dr. Ergin Aslan says, well done on uh, Instagram. Kelly's on Facebook. Getting, we can be together, can't we? Instagram, Facebook. <sighs> wow. Right. I'm spent. If anyone's got any questions, please feel free to um, post them. And I'll be happy to ask them if you've got any photos of tattoos, email me and I'll email you back. There is no need for online postage of tattoo photos. We don't want to clog up the Internet with um, online tattoo photos. We will give I will give you an opinion without the need to post it online. Uh, you heard it here. OK, MTB fail just joined. Don't want to watch MTB fail. It's too upsetting. JJ, look at my photos on Messenger, please. I will do. I will do. But presumably not now. On Messenger. Is that Facebook Messenger then? Because you're on Instagram. Anyway, on some kind of... What is it? Do you, do you want me to look at them now? No, I'll look at them in a minute. Um, I will. Sleep by. I'll look at them in a minute. As soon as I come off here. Thank you, says Kelly. Thank you for visiting. And I've got to go and look at uh, Sleep by's photos on Facebook. Okay, I'll look at them on Facebook. And... Uh, Next week, I'm on holiday because it's half term, as I said. So um, I'm going to be in um, the uh, skiing in the French Alps. No, I'm not. <laughs> With my helicopter. No, I think we're going to Devon. But anyway, you can believe that I've got a helicopter in the French Alps, but uh, the re you don't want to know the grim reality of it. Um, so let's just say I'm having some swanky holiday next week and I will be back the week after. When that is, I don't know what that date is. You probably don't care. All you need to know, I'll tell you now, 1st of March. Big day. I think wearing our sofa delivered on the 1st of March. Oh, my God. How exciting. And I'm getting my car in to fix the flipping thing that broke. Right. Oh, 1st of March. Big day. So two weeks' time. Hopefully, I'll have my car um, thing for the 
glove box fixed, and we'll have our new sofa. Fingers crossed. Time for a cup of tea and a Turkish delight. Honestly, Corinne, you don't want to know what happened to those Turkish delights. I'm not proud of myself. I was having them for breakfast. I just breakfast Turkish delight. I, it was Julia's birthday on Monday. I just went for it. I thought it's her birthday, therefore I can have a Turkish delight for breakfast. Is that wrong of me? I'm not proud of myself, but what is she used to do? You get a guy six Turkish delights. What's he supposed to do? And leave him alone in a room with them. Terrible. Terrible scenes, but anyway. Um, right, I will be back 1st of March, yeah? Put a date in your diary, 7 o'clock, 1st of March. See you back here. And uh, I'll look at all the photos. Yes, thank you, Corin. I deserve it. I don't know if I deserved six Turkish delights. And I shouldn't be saying that in front of sleeve by Dr. Aslan. Sorry, um, that's not appropriate. Um, but yeah, you only live once. Yeah, well. Right. Catch you later, and I'm going to end the feed ending now. Facebook, love you big time. See you 1st of March, 7 o'clock. Be there or be square. Have a question not covered in today's show? Then send it over to info at styanoplasticsurgery.co.uk using the hashtag AskJJ. We'd love to hear from you.